Hello. Hello. We are racing against DoorDash. That's right. They're literally going to be here in two seconds, but... So excited for those cheese Sponsor is DoorDash. I'm excited for my icy drink. <laughs> icy drink. Uh, anyways, this, this is, is Basic, basic snitches. snitches. This is not a Swenson's podcast. I am Adam. I'm Tara. And today we are discussing chapter 11 from The Bribe from the Harry Potter and, and the Deathly Hollow. Sorcerer's Stone. Let's acknowledge some patrons. Our patrons are Ashley, Brian, Brenton, Brittany, Jen, Mary Beth, Megan, Nisi, Nicole, and Olivia. It's so nice to be back up to double digits. 90 to go until we get to triple digits, and you can help us with that by going to patreon.com slash basic snitches. A lot of our content on Patreon that you get as a subscriber has been really, really strong this year, including this new game that we actually do this week. All of you who are New York Times game players, you may recognize this one, and we actually have one for you to solve as well. So subscribe at patreon.com slash basic snitches. Who won in last, the last chapter? The creature? The creature. Creature <laughs> the is the creature. winner. The grops? The creature. <laughs> the creature. The loser, just because. Is Monogus? Fuck that guy. Uh, no, it's probably going to be the loser in the next one. Oh, <laughs> wait. So wait, who is it? Voldy. Oh, it's Voldy. Yes, Voldy. of course. He I was like, is it Regulus? Regulus. We learned this kind of good We love winner. Regulus. Good winner and loser. Yes. I mean, listen, Monogus always just loses anyway. Yes, he is one of those But people. we're going to get Voldy a loss because he fucking is an idiot. Tara sent me a thing. Yes, it is fine. It's not anything exciting. It'll do. Tara Corkery. <laughs> the name of the person who sent me the email. Okay. And the subject line of this email is forward. <laughs> I wrote this while at work. Yeah, it's very forward. She's like, Adam, you are a big fat bitch. Okay, no. <laughs> Chapter 11, The Bribe. Harry impatiently waits for Creature to return while two Death Eaters appear in the square outside 12 Grimmauld Place. Ron and Hermione are already acting like a married couple, bickering and driving each other and Harry crazy. Needing to get away from the marital sparring, Harry goes downstairs. Before he can get to the kitchen, however, the front door opens and a mysterious figure enters. When Mrs. Black's portrait starts screaming, Ron and Hermione come running. The figure turns out to be Lupin, but Harry is hesitant to lower his guard. He shares with the trio that every person or place connected to Harry is being watched by the Ministry, and asks them what happened after the wedding. They ask him the same question, and it seems as though all the wedding guests got away unharmed. Lupin asks them about what they're doing, and... Though Harry will not tell them, he offers to accompany them on their mission and protect them. Harry finds the idea of Lupin leaving Tonks behind to be super sus and challenges his decision to leave his wife and future child behind. This turns out to be an outrageous argument between the two of them, ending with Harry calling Lupin a coward and Lupin cursing him before leaving. He crucios him, doesn't he? <laughs> After Lupin leaves, Creature returns from his mission to find Mundungus Fletcher. Harry interrogates him about the missing locket and learns that he no longer has it. Guess who does? The Pink Menace! I knew she'd come back. Yeah, well, <laughs> finally she gets murdered in this book, so. It's Cannon! You definitely get the feeling of, like, time passing. I mean, it tells you that, like... Well, because Harry expects him to be back, like, immediately. Yes. And, it, and it clearly takes several days. Yeah. 
And even when Creature returns, he's like, uh, this motherfucker has a lot of little hiding spots, so I had to check out a lot of them. Like, of course he does, because he's a piece of shit. Yes. But prior to, like you said, Hermione's sitting there reading The Beetle of the Bard, or whatever it's called, and Ron keeps taking away the light. And Come on, Ron. And then Hermione's like, Dumbledore gave me this as a clue. Uh, well, Dumbledore <laughs> gave me this. <laughs> Come on, Ron. And I was like, I mean, he has a point. He's, like, he's right, but he, like... He's just fucking around. He's totally just fucking around. They're already married, let's be clear. And obviously, like, the fact of time passing, and then also the fact that Death Eaters have started to appear sparingly, it does kind of give it a little bit more of, like, some tension. But then very quickly, when Harry leaves and Lupin shows, I couldn't believe it. I was like, this happens? I don't remember it. And honestly, I don't know if there's a reason, like a plot device or something. Does this enhance the story? No, it just builds tension between Harry and Lupin. Well, and it also does say that Tonks is preggers. So that's the biggest right. so thing. So this is the thing we needed to learn, was that Tonks is going to have a baby. But because that relationship has not been developed well anyway, it's just... Yeah, like they kind of glossed over it. And so they bring that up here. This also <clears throat> gives us all the information about like how the world has changed. And like... How Harry is number one suspect, and how... Yeah, and Dumbledore's death, and all of that. Yes, I was thinking public enemy number one, but yeah, in his death, too. That's how they're justifying their, like, hunt for this kid, you know? I always struggle with this chapter, because I find it really hard to read Lupin this way. Yes. This is so not like... And that's, I think, why Harry reacts so strongly to him. Yeah. Because, one, Harry is like, my dude, you know that my dad couldn't be with me because he was killed. You are the person that taught me things about bravery. And what? Like, I feel like Harry is so betrayed by the idea of Lupin, who is, in his eyes, very, very strong, just, like, kind of giving up on it. But at the same time, I'm like... Lupin hasn't had a chance or been given the room to be vulnerable about all of this. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's a very tough read to see both sides of it. Mm -hmm. But then it really is like a tough look, I think, that Lupin curses Harry. Yeah. I'm like, yikes, Lupin, you could have, you know, just been like Petrificus Totalis and like not actually like thrown Harry against the wall. Like that's rough for me. I have a really hard time with it. It seems, so you said it all very, very well, because I completely agree. Honestly, in a lot of ways, I almost feel like the end of this chapter could have just been tacked on to the last one. Have the old married couple fighting with their new toys. Right. And then switch immediately to, oh, Creature's back with Mendungus. But this whole Lupin thing is what this chapter is about. Yeah, and it's just, it, it's rough. It is very rough because essentially what it is that Lupin wants to come and be with them. Not to, like, be a mentor necessarily, but because he feels awful that he is the father of a child and he's a werewolf. And so he thinks the child is going to be like him and he's ruined his wife's life and now he's going to ruin another life and all this stuff. And it's it's really just like, how dare you make that decision for Tonks, first of all, who has done nothing but prove how fucking badass she is. Yeah. And, like, that's one reason why we have all kind of forgiven the idea of them kind of being thrown together in a way that was not fully developed. Yeah. We're like, but they're both so strong, and they're both finding something in each other. And so then when Lupin is like, well, I can't because 
there's going to be a child and it's going to be like me. Like, this is the time where you step away. Mm-hmm. You had all this time to be like, I know you love me. I know that we, but I, we can't do this. Like, you made the choice to marry her. You made the choice to the, They both her. made the choice. Right. Yeah. But instead, he just is like taking that away from Tonks. Yeah. Being like, oh, she's going to be with her parents. They're going to take care of her while she's pregnant. You think Tonks is like sitting at her parents being like, yes, I would like someone to take care of me. She's probably wondering where the fuck her husband is. Yeah. She's also still probably doing work for the Order because she's badass. Well, and especially if we look at, like, what she's like the entirety of Book 5. She wanted this way more than Lupin did, I think, even at the beginning. I'll give him the space to be like, I can't have this because of what I am. I understand that whole thought process of his, that he doesn't feel like he deserves it. He doesn't feel like he has earned the chance to be happy. So it was probably harder for him to be like, it's okay for me to love this woman. I mean, I think you're right. I think she openly wanted it more than Remus, but I think he obviously loves her in return. Yeah. And he's just feeling so regretful about it. Does not feel like Lupin. When Harry calls him a coward, I'm like, yeah, kind of. And he's a coward to Harry because that's not the man Harry knows. Yeah. It is very cowardly overall. And in a way, I kind of see where he's coming from because he is now in, like, the boots of Sirius. Like, he can't go out and do as much and stuff because of how things have become. Right. But this is not the solution at all. And he's smarter than that. I see why Harry reacted that way. Harry is even like, the man who taught me how to conjure Patronus is doing this? Yeah. The fuck? You know, and obviously Harry is heightened and his tone and the way he goes about it is not great. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to, like, applaud him for that. You know what it made me think of? It made me think of in the movie, the scene in book four or five, where Harry bites off Seamus's head. It made me think of that because it's such a weird fight and Harry goes like from zero to 60. Yeah. And it does feel like that because Lupin is trying to convince him. And I think as he's doing, the readers are even like, what the fuck? This does not seem like Lupin at all. Yeah. Especially after Harry was like, I need to test to make sure that it's actually you. Right. And then um, he's like, honestly, I think it's what your father would want. And Harry's like, oh, really? Actually, I think it's the complete fucking opposite. Right. And, like, then it, like, really, really increases. Can you imagine if they were like, yep, come on, join us. Can you imagine? I feel like it would be awkward. It would be awkward because, I mean, Lupin is not that much older than them, obviously, but it would just be weird for them. But also, if they're not going to tell him what they're doing, it's, it's a very weird thing for me. And it's, I kind of appreciate that we see Harry just kind of, like, lose it. And then after the fact, be like, yeah, maybe I went too far, but also, like, acknowledging that. Ron and Hermione and their, like, reactions to that, I'm kind of like, you know what? I don't care what your opinions are in reaction to that. Where he's like, maybe I shouldn't have called him a coward. And they're like, no, you shouldn't have. Shut up. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Because Harry made that decision on his own, and he was like, I shouldn't have done that. And he's allowed to, like come to that conclusion sure without them being like that's right you sh- you were a jerk like I don't well, more know. than anything because like here's the thing if harry's calling being a coward he's just calling a spade a spade i think in this instance but the temper it's the fact that it like became so heightened so quickly i think that is the biggest thing but also i just think of like the process of lupin coming to grimmel place like, nobody actually knows where they are 
So, uh, is it just order members are looking for them? Well, they do know that they're at Grimmauld Place because Arthur sends word later that night when they get yes. there to tell them that they're there. So, they do know that... Oh, so, so Arthur still knows, like, it's so not... Arthur knew that they were there, so I'm assuming Lupin learned that from Arthur. Well, I guess my question is, how does a Patronus texting work? Because is it that they just go directly to the person, or is it that... They have to realize, oh, this person is at this location. I need to send it to the location. You know what I mean? I wonder. To me, I just always assume that Arthur figured it out. Because where would they think to go, I guess? I assumed, actually, that it was that, uh, please send this message yeah. to them. Like like owls work. I wonder. Like Obviously, yeah. we don't know the answer yeah. to that. But... Because otherwise, okay, like where else would they go, I guess? You know, they do talk about the whole thing. Of the mm-hmm. Death Eaters at the cafe and stuff, and oh, this is really concerning. Yeah, and he's like, how the fuck did they find you? And, and obviously, like, we learn about that later. We already even talked about it. But there's that whole thing. We also do learn here, you had mentioned it already, how they have to apparate to the top step mm-hmm. in order to get in unnoticed. So there's all of that, but at the same time, okay, is it either order members are looking to find out where they are so they can give them some information and stuff? I would almost be like, did Lupin come in and be like, ah, okay, they actually are here. Or is Lupin trying to find them literally so that he can find somewhere to go? Right, yeah. Because if that's the case, it's like, that sucks. If Lupin is seeking them out, that makes it even worse to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't actually know. Like, it's not clear... That people just automatically... I mean, here's the thing. Harry owns the house, but they have no way of knowing. But when Arthur sent his Patronus, again, I just assumed that he thought he would try there because where the fuck else would they go? But I think that that's a good point is we don't actually know how that information has been Mm -hmm. distributed among the Order members. Yeah. I feel like after Arthur gets word to them, it is then established among the order that that's where they all are. Okay, well, there's at least that. I but, mean, I mean, they're not going to be there forever. That's my assumption, again, course. yeah. Um, so. But I don't obviously know. I feel like Lupin came to Grimmauld Place specifically for this task. To see if he can, like, tag along with that. Be like, I want to go on a little adventure. Yeah, I think it kind of sucks. Yeah, I know. It makes it suck more. Yeah, I don't love it. This is where we learn about Scrimgower being tortured. Oh, yes, yes. When I read that, I was like, oh, yeah, Tara's right. Okay, ten points to Tara. Those are not official. <laughs> but ten all... points to Tara for knowing something. That's a good point that, I mean, we learn all the entire Ministry of Extra. I don't necessarily yeah. know if, like, it's neither here nor there or anything. It, it's unfortunate to hear because it's like, okay, we're making headway in, in this regards to finding the Horcruxes. Right. But there's this whole thing. So it almost feels to me like, okay, everyone's safe. That's good. Here's all this bad news about the world, and then Lupin wants to tag along, and it's like, yeah. oh, it's it almost makes it worse. It's just, yeah, it's it's a rough um, one. It's rough for both of them. But like I said, at that point, I'm kind of like, I don't really care what Ron and Hermione's feelings are about it. There's also an article. Is it an excerpt from Rita's book? There is. Well, and then there's the whole thing about the Muggleborn registry. Oh yeah, there's that whole thing. Ron talks about like, oh, we won't let Hermione take him, and I'm, it's like. Well, Hermione's with you guys right now. Like Hermione's like, Ron, that's not even, like, a, a thing we're thinking about because we're with Harry Potter. I don't know if you've heard of him. Yeah. He's, like, public enemy number one. Yeah. So there is that. <laughs> with this article, because 
the way that Muriel talked about it, especially, it was like, oh, Bethilda Bagshot was friends with the Dumbledores, mm-hmm. but also had a lot of shitty things to say. Right? About I was like, so she's just a fucking gossip. Well, here, it's one of those instances of, like, I think Rita is twisting Bethilda's words. Oh, yeah. Because Muriel even said it, and that was kind of the line that made me think, okay, there's something that is not accurate here with what Muriel is saying. So then we see it again here, but at the same time, to see that there and kind of to connect the dots, it sounds at least accurate. I think it was something along the lines of Bethilda, like, made them cookies and she went over there and they threw them away. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how that continues. But once again, even though we're progressing forward in other storylines, there's still the whole Dumbledore backstory too. Right, we're like getting little pieces of that. Mm-hmm. And then after Lupin leaves, Harry reads the thing. He about... reads the thing. And then there's another noise. And I agree, like if I were in his position, I would think it would be Lupin coming back. Right. I think part of him was probably like hoping that he could maybe like say sorry. Say sorry for the tone, but also go back to your fucking life. Like, yeah. You know, I think that that's probably Or like also get an mind. apology for being slammed against the wall. Right. That was the thing. I'm just like, Lupin was violent toward Harry. Yeah. Instead of just, like, shutting him down. And obviously because tempers, whatever. Yeah. But, like, Harry instinctually does not attack Lupin. Like, Harry has never instinctually attacked anyone. Even when Ron is being a dick. Except for when it's a fucking Death Eater. Man, the fact that he did that, I just, I'm like, Lupin, this is really hard for me to read. Yes, absolutely. But, but luckily, it's our... not Lupin, it's Creature. It's Creature! And like we said, with, he got a lot of holes to hide in, so finally found him. And he's like kicking him and stuff, and Mundungus is basically like, it wasn't me who killed Moody, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, that's not why we're here. No, we're here because of other shitty things you've done. Yes, where's the locket? And that's when he's talking about, like, he went to go and sell it, and he doesn't have any more, and that there was this one lady who took a particular liking to it, and was, was like... like, uh, you allowed to do this? And he's like, uh... And she's like, well, I will let you up if you let me have this locket. Yes. Do you think that Umbridge saw the locket and was like, oh, I know what this is? <sighs> no. It's a gaunt family thing, or...? No, I don't think she cares about the history, the real history of it. I honestly think that she was like, I'm gonna arrest this guy. Oh, I like that. That's nice. I want it. It's and then so... it has the S on it. So later on, she talks about, in the Magic is Might chapter, or the one after it, in which she is talking to Polyjuice Hermione as whatever the fuck character she is. Oh, yeah. Hermione comments on it, and she says, oh, it's a family heirloom. The S stands for, I think it was like Sluin, which is my family name, because she is a half-blood as well. Yeah. It's like the grossness of her, like, pumping up her pure-blood status or whatever. She's just gross. She's just terrible. And lying about it, obviously. Lying about it. So, I don't think she knows that it's anything special. Like, I don't think she realizes that it's Slytherin's Locket, which is really fucking crazy. That is Slytherin's Locket. It's such a big coincidence. Like, the fact that she saw this thing that is so pivotal and decided that she needed to have it so she could lie about it, the most hated character in the series, it's so coincidental. So, obviously, we know where it is, so that's a good thing. I wonder if she is also a descendant of Salazar Slytherin, that we just never... Who knows? There's a lot of inbreeding in these parts. Um, 
so yeah, so we find out that Mundungus did not even even get to make a sale. Too bad. Too bad, fucker. I have one more question. Yeah. In the article, it said that Percival Dumbledore went to Azkaban. Did they mention why, or did I miss it? Well, I guess that's It's and. loosely in here. Um, I think it's when Harry reads more later. But he went to Azkaban for torturing the muggles who attacked Ariana. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. I think we just need to see more of this mm-hmm. story and how it progresses and figure out what's right and what's not. There's like a lot of fucking drama tabloid shit floating mm-hmm. around the Dumbledore family. I'm kind of looking forward to meeting Aberforth. When you're like, Aberforth is the most normal member of your family and that's concerning. That, but also in my mind, and who knows if I'm right or not, but I feel like that is going to be the key that unlocks some of this of like what's true and what's not. Yeah. So. Did you ever see Secrets of Dumbledore? No, but I have it. It's in the stack over there. I also have the Harry Potter like reunion thing. Oh. I got that too. So I'll watch them eventually. Secrets of Dumbledore got some tea. Well, maybe I'll have to watch it. Are you ready for a game? Sure. Okay, like I said in Patreon this week, I definitely feel like my game game has not been up to... Your game game? Yes, my game game. We are going with one of our favorites ever, and that is a Mad Lib. I need you to provide me with an adjective. Smelly. A city with a weird name. Kalamazoo. Uh, a weird name for a male. Eugene. I don't know, I guess it's not that weird. A landmark. Grand Canyon. <laughs> a different weird male's name. Jesus? Jesus? Is that what your answer is? Uh, Edelbert. You've definitely used that before. You know, you can use it again, but I remember. Edelbert's, it's from Gentleman's Guide. Uh, an adjective. Uh, wrong shape. Oh. <laughs> and a nickname. Puddles. Another name of a weird city. Oh my gosh. Uh, it also can be a fake one if you want to make one up. Oh. You think I'm creative? I mean, you can name it Poop Town. <laughs> it doesn't need to be that creative. Uh-huh. So, Poop Town? Sure. <laughs> An emotion. Rage. Perfect. A noun. Chicken nugget. There you go. And another noun. Traffic circle. Interesting. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> A verb ending in ing. Drinking. And noun. Jack o' lantern. Oh, I, did you see a jack o' lantern symbol? See lots of fucking pumpkins, though. Yes. Past tense verb. Rip. A treat. A treat. A treat or a snacky. A Rolo. I love Rolo. I can't tell you the last time I had a Rolo. Okay, a weird woman's name. Gertrude. Oh my god, the old person name. <laughs> That's become a repeat. A plural noun. Hammers. Hammers. <laughs> a noun. A produce item. A produce item? Yes. An artichoke. A famous female singer. Adele. A noun. Stoplight. 
And finally, a verb. Fart. Okay. <laughs> this is an excerpt from Rita's novel. A good. portion of it. I didn't do the oh, full good. thing because it's long. Proud and smelly, Kendra Dumbledore could not bear to remain in Kalamazoo after her husband Eugene's well-publicized arrest and imprisonment in the Grand Canyon. She therefore decided to uproot the family and relocate to Adelbert's Hollow. The village poop town was home to a number of wizarding families, but as Kendra knew none of them, she would be spared the rage about her husband's chicken nugget she had faced in her former traffic circle. By repeatedly drinking the friendly advance of her new wizarding neighbors, she soon ensured that her jack-o'-lantern was left well alone. <laughs> Ripped the door in my face when I went around to welcome her with a batch of homemade Rolos, says Gertrude Beckshot. <laughs> the first year they were there, I only ever saw two hammers. Wouldn't have known there was a cuckoo clock if I hadn't been picking artichokes by moonlight the winter after they moved in. And we saw Kendra leading Adele out in the back garden. Get it? Oh my god. Instead of Ariana. Oh my god, yes. That's why it had to be a female singer. I love it. What if I had said Ariana Grande? I would have been like, Ariana Grande. <laughs> oh, can you imagine if it was Kendra leading Lady Gaga? <laughs> <laughs> that was the other That's one that funny. came to my mind, so. Adele's fine. I love Adele. Uh, walked her round the stoplight once, keeping a firm fart on her. Then took her back inside. Didn't know what to make of it. Personally, she would have spared the rage about her husband's chicken nugget. <laughs> it made me so angry! Uh, I fucking love Mad Libs. I was like, I hadn't done one in a while. How can I fuck this up? Let's talk about this movie. We do have that little, like, passage of time when creature goes out to find Dungus, where... I like, call him Dungus? Dungus. I think that's the new one. I like Dungus more than Dung. Dungus. Please yes. don't edit that out of context, people. <laughs> but yeah, where it's like, oh, here we are on the Hogwarts Express, they stop the train, come on looking for Harry Potter, and Neville's like, hey, fuckers, he's not here. And Cormac McGlaggy is like, my father will hear about this. I know, I was like, like what the hell? Draco's not here to say that. Yeah. So. Seriously. My father also, who's your father? Cormac right? Glenn. Who the fuck? Is knows? that why he was in Slug Club? I don't remember. I didn't give two also, shits. Also, he was not wearing Gryffindor colors. Well, he forgot. Gryff Gryffindor was like, fuck this guy. No, yeah, you're out. Get you're him on out. your own. So that whole thing happens, and then we see Pious Thickness and Pink Fucker at the ministry. They have a new statue that is awful. Right. And then Boy George walks in. For some or, reason, and I was like, who the fuck is that? And then pink fucker giggles. Oh my god, her, like, classic giggle, in which we're like, uh, Melda Staunton, you're yes. brilliant, but we fucking hate Umbridge. Was she wearing the locket? I don't remember. I didn't care to look at her, so. <laughs> That's basically, like, replacing the whole Lupin conversation. Yeah, because we also see all the posters that are, like, Harry Potter, Public Enemy number one. Mm, yep. Oh, uh, we do see, like, them walk through, like, Diagon Alley, and Mundungus is there. Sorry. Dungus is there. And he kind of, like, goes into a little alleyway right. and stuff. You see Rain Kern, who Harry is going to impersonate. Oh, yes. Standing uh -huh. there with the umbrage. That is true, too. Like, you all see Magic is Might as their new slogan for some reason. And you just see the fucking, like, Death Eaters just hanging out. Whoever the fuck those guys are. Those, like, three guys who just kind of waltzed in. Yeah, Boy George and Boy other George, people. Right. But, like, who are they? I don't know. They have some Marvel Borns with them, etc. 
And then we get that scene that we talked about in the last episode where they're playing the piano, they mention flesh yes. memories. Then we hear the sound, but it's not Lupin, it's Creature returning. He brought Dungus back. Yes. I understand why they cut the Lupin thing out. Absolutely. Uh, for the, from the movies, I think he's even more beloved. So, like, why tarnish this character's reputation right. and the eye of the audience for the movies? But also, that doesn't really serve a purpose, so... Yeah, exactly. It's totally fine. In fact, like, the movie was almost able to show us what was happening in the world better than the book did because of this. Right. But it's because it's a movie. It's no fault to the book. Well, you know. So then this is the part where I go, what the fuck is this? You know who else is there? Dobby! The fuck? They had to bring Dobby in to be like, he dies. We need to make sure right, that we love him. People remember that Dobby is there. First of all, Dobby is annoying in this part. Let the Creature let talk. Let Creature have his fucking moment. I really appreciate that they let Creature, like, poke. I guess, yeah, he was, like, like, kicking him and stuff. I'm like, yeah, good Creature. Listen. I love Dobby. It is not my fault you chose to not insert him in the movies since the second movie. Mm. So the fact that you're going to ruin this scene that was otherwise not too bad yeah. by adding him in is really stupid. Yeah, and it's true. Like, he really has not been in any other... It was no. They crazy. had a really, really, really good opportunity to at least use him in the fourth movie. I mean, I think he could have been in all the movies because... Mm-hmm. This is, like, one of the most popular fucking movie franchises of all time. Make a goddamn house And out. it's not like you need to make sure the actor's free. Well, the voice of him, the guy's still alive. That's what I mean, though. It's not like bringing in an actor. Right, yeah. It's be like, like, take him to the studio and do Because it's Toby something. Jones, I think. Just be like, Toby, oh, we need you to record this. I had no idea. British actor. <laughs> I think that that's who does the voice, though. And, like, he's alive. Just be like, we'll make Dobby, and then we'll record Toby's voice. And yeah. Whenever the fuck he can do it. We also said, speaking of actors, that we didn't know who portrayed Menungus, but he is, like, the perfect He's great for the role. For I don't know who that actor is, though. He's like, I don't know, I gave it the logger to some bitch. And then oh he looks down at his feet and is like, oh, what's this? It's the, the Daily Prophet the with a picture of the bitch with a locket on. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? That just happened to be there right there? That's annoying. I mean, as a whole, like, this chapter was kind of booty in the book. It doesn't really exist here necessarily. Like I said, yes, that crucial part when Dungus is captured, that could have been a part of the last chapter. But obviously, the next time, it sounds like we're going to the Ministry of Magic. I know, it's coming, guys. Yeah. We also talked about, I don't, can't remember if I said this in the last chapter or not, but how when I think of this book previously, I'm like, oh, they're in the Forest of Dean forever. But guys, we're almost a third of the way through this book, and we haven't gotten to the forest yet. So, so. people uh, remembered it wrong. Yeah, and in fact, it has been very, very rich. We're filling in plot holes left and right, I think. Right. So The actor's name is Andy Linden. He is 5'4". Oh, <laughs> yeah, he looks super short. He's, he's still taller than me, but he's short. Yeah, it's nice. It's actually really nice to get like to get to this point in the book and be like, see, we're not camping the whole fucking time. Yeah, yeah. And, like, obviously we have to go through the whole thing and the Ministry of Magic before we go camping, so we still got a little bit before we even get to the worst mean, but... It's okay. Points are as follows. First of all, I was originally going to give Lupin 10 points, and I think it was because I felt some empathy for him because he's always kind of left out, and now especially all of his friends are dead, and he knocked up Tongs, and he feels bad about it. 
I'm actually going to take those points away from him instead. Ultimately, I do think he's being a coward, and he did not need to throw Harry up against the wall. No, he, that's really the part that makes me go, well... Yeah, Harry did not ask for that. So, negative 10 to Lupin. I'm also going to take 10 away from Harry. Yeah. Because Harry raised his voice in a way that he really shouldn't have. Harry isn't the best communicator in certain situations, and it definitely... Mm-mm. Turned out to be like that this time. I am also taking negative 30 away from Menungus, for obvious reasons, and negative 50 from Voldemort. Voldemort, because, like, look at what is happening to the Ministry, the whole Muggle Warren registration thing. So the only person who gets points in this chapter is 50 to Creature. Go Creature! So, once again, he isn't completely out of the negatives for the series, but we'll see what happens later. Again, like, the fact that Creature does what he says, he's he's like, oh man, he's a hard fucker to find. And then he's kicking him and stuff. I was like, yeah, see, we're seeing the turning of the leaf with Creature. So. I mean, Creature was going to be happily kicking Mundungus no matter where we were in the series. Yeah. Because Mundungus sucks. Yep. Fuck that guy. And next time, yeah, we are going to be discussing chapter 12 of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Magic is might. Magic is might. So, yeah, we are going to the Ministry of Magic. Well, first we're going to go back to the second book. Yes, first we're going to go there because all of the Horcruxes are actually in the Chamber of Secrets. Whoa! Adam refuses to name the final book of the series. Okay. I, well, I don't know what it's called. Yeah. Sorry. So we'll talk to you then? Well, they haven't been brought up yet in the book. Who? We still don't know what the Oh, the Dudley Hallows? We still don't know what those are. Exactly. So I don't know what this book is. Yeah. See you then, guys. Bye. Bye. Basic Snitches is recorded and produced by Adam Bowers and Tara Corkery. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to rate us five stars on your listening app of choice and share us with all your other friends who love Harry Potter and getting drunk. Yes. Join our social media pages. Facebook, Instagram. I never update Twitter, but we have that. We do. Also email basicsnitches at gmail.com. We also now have a website, basicsnitches.com. And a Patreon, patreon.com slash basicsnitches. Join today and get exclusive content every week and be acknowledged in every single one of our episodes. Taryn Telegra, dance bitch. I see you new friends who don't make me dance for nothing. Yeah, they ain't gonna come, honey. We out!